Go. All right, guys. Welcome to Four P Cup Soccer. I am your host Freddie, alongside here with your favorite uh, co-host in the World Wide Web, Sakum Conf. I also want to extend a congratulations to him. He did just pass his B license course from the FAW. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, that is the Welsh Federation. So that means that our co-host is actually certified by the Welsh Federation and by UEFA. So uh, definitely want to give you that. Congratulations, Conf. That's uh, not an easy task to do um, for dedica dedicated coaches like you. Um, so anyways, I don't know. So kind of talking about that in and kind of bringing it into today's episode, um, you and I definitely share a lot of conversations um, that you, you and I personally have. And uh, sometimes we even, you know, don't want to expose this, but I'm going to kind of expose it. Uh, we sometimes sit in and have conversations, sit in and listen to the conversations that we have with our players. Um, so one of the things I was watching right now, I was watching The Last Dance, and, and I was watching how, for example, Phil Jackson and um, Dennis Rodman, they, they built on the relationship upon how Phil Jackson and Dennis Rodman both felt about Native American traditions. Um, in, in, in that episode, he talks about, he compares Phil, uh, Dennis Rodman to a maverick. You know, a maverick is usually a horse that has, you know, pretty much its, its own spirit, right? And so to you, Zach, um, I want to tell you, I want to first hear your thoughts on when, when you get into a team, doesn't matter what team we're talking about, whether it's at a college level, at a, you know, club level or at a high school level. Why do you think it's important and it's necessary for players and the coach to build a relationship and find something to connect to? What, uh, what do you mean something to connect to? So, like, for example, when... Like I was saying, you know, like Phil Jackson himself, oh, the he, Native American, he, the Native American stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. Building the relationship is important because. Uh, how do I say this? Um, in the end. The best teams aren't made up of the best players. The best teams are made up of players or athletes who are willing to do everything for their teammates and for their coach, right? Johan Cruyff, uh, one of his quotes, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but paraphrase it he says give me the best players in every position and you won't have the best 11 you'll have the best ones right so um by creating relationships those players are willing to play for one another and those players are willing to play for the coach and the coach is supposed to represent the identity of the team right He's supposed to set forth the playing identity. What do you do in the, 
you know, attacking third, defensive third, middle third in, in soccer. I mean, Phil Jackson, right? He created the playing identity with, uh, with the Bulls, and they talk about that in the last dance. Um, find something in common. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, this book called uh, Never Split the Difference. It's by a guy who uh, was a hostage negotiator for the FBI for, what was it? 20 years or something, Chris, Chris Voss. And uh, he talks about, you can like look this up on YouTube. He talks about when he went into a bar, he's hanging out with some of his uh, colleagues in the FBI. And there's this guy at the bar, he goes and sits down and they had an empty chair. And this guy tells him to get out of the chair and get away from him. And Chris starts talking to him. Chris Voss goes and says, well, good to meet you too. And he, the guy threatens like violence if Chris Voss doesn't leave that chair and leave him alone. And he goes and says, well, my name is Chris. What's your name? And that actually started to open the guy up. And within five minutes, they were having calm conversation. And what he explained it as was that when you put a name to it or when you put familiarity to something or someone, it makes it a lot harder to dislike that person or to want to do harm to that person um, in those type of situations, like in a professional way. So if you can go and find a similar interest, then it makes it easier for the players to get on board with you because now you're human you're not just a title you're not just this coach this dictator you're a human that they can relate to and they they now know that they can understand you a little bit better you know the <clears throat> i do i do like that that instance um and i'm going to kind of you know, relate it back to the the whole last dance because, um, because for example, it, it, it's interesting when, when us as coaches, you know, people think, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is, is because people think that oh, coaching is you know just setting up the team to to play or setting up a certain thing, but but as a coach, you have different personalities. You got to learn how to handle. You have different. You have the culture that you need to set up. You have, you know, really tough moments. Um, and so, you know, I was thinking about this as, as I was watching a little bit of The Last Dance. And and, and Dennis Rodman has kind of stuck out to me, you know, especially on, on episode four this time around. Um, especially, and I'm going to kind of segue down a little bit in the, in the personality side, right? Um, and th this is one of the tougher things. When it comes to dealing with personalities, um, so for example, Dennis Rodman, right? He was a he was a player. You know, he, we've always known Dennis Rodman to be, you know, this this player who you know used to wear the multiple piercings, paint his nails, dye his hair to multiple colors. Um, There's even an incident in the, in the Last Dance that he goes up to Phil Jackson. He's like, "Dude, I need a three day vacation," and he's like, "Well, you can't. We're in the middle of the road." He's like, "He's like, dude, let me just go out for like forty eight hours." I'll be back and, 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 you know, and all this stuff. And he's like, 
are you sure? Then then Phil Jackson has a conversation with Michael, and Michael's like, well, as long as he's going to be back here for the game, that's fine. And, and you know, Michael Jordan talks about how they, once Dennis Rodman got back, um, he was telling his team, he said, guys, we need to, like, you know, settle down. We need to make sure we're at a pace where we're not, like, killing ourselves because we all know that we're paying this for, for Dennis. And, and the reason why I want to paint this is because sometimes I feel that players forget um, that we as coaches, yes, we're always looking for their best interest while also looking for the best interest of the, of the team. Um, and, and the reason why I talk about these personalities is because I feel like sometimes as coaches, and I don't know if this, is, this, is my, this has kind of happened to me lately, um, sometimes I feel like as coaches, we kind of get too drifted upon in the personalities um, of the players. And so for you, Conf, how do you think it's important that we as coaches, you know, understand the personalities of the players and kind of make that relationship, you know, and, and learn how to manage different personalities, right? Um, you know, me personally, lately, I've been, you know, kind of talking to to certain players, right? Um uh, and the reason why I wanted to link this to and kind of talk about it is because people don't understand all the things that we kind of have to go through as coaches. You know, people, um, you know, just because you had one bad season like it happened to me not too long ago, um, people think, oh, well, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. But sometimes it had to do with the personalities. You know, something, something that I've been kind of doing is approaching the players that I kind of struggled with in the past season and giving them that opportunity to step up into the play. And so why do you think it's important that us as coaches, we first learn, is, and the reason why I want you to kind of hit on this a lot more, because you understand human behavior way better and at a deeper level better than I do. Um, but that's something that I think it's important that we as coaches understand. So what are some ways that you personally, yourself, you know, you've worked personalities and how do you think it's important to understand these personalities from a psychological standpoint? Ah, uh, um, Ross bringing in the questions, really good ones today. Um, so personalities, getting along with him. So I just, I have a new kid on my team, okay, and he puts up a front of being really confident in his abilities. And I, I, I do believe he really is confident, but we we had a we had a scrimmage about a month and a half ago. And uh he he didn't get a goal. He plays up top and he didn't get a goal and we won nine to zero. And he asked me later on what does he need to do to improve and I said uh but you played fine you connected the ball to your teammates well your link up play was fantastic like I have no complaints and he said oh okay I just wanted to make sure my former coach if I didn't score in every game like any game I didn't score he like ripped my head off and I said, I'm not going to rip your head off. 
as long as you know you're working hard, the goals come. I don't expect you to score every game. I just expect you to find opportunities every game. Will they go in every game? No, but find yourself in the right spaces. Find yourself with the right timing to get the opportunity, and you'll get them in. Uh, and there is, you could just see, like the weight go off his shoulders, being like, "Oh wow, okay, like, he's he's a freaking teenager." I mean, Mo Salah, I think when he won the Golden Boot two seasons ago, he had like a 18% success rate with his shooting. So conversion rate, I guess. Um, another thing, though, that's important with per personalities is not necessarily just knowing how to get them on board, but knowing when you need to get rid of them. I had one kid on my team last season fantastic player like great player but he came up to me and he said like two weeks left in the season he said he was going to try out for um ecnl at a different club because his buddy was on that team and if he made that he was going to take that but if not then he was gonna be on my team again and i'm just gonna tell you maybe this is just it is my pride I'm not second choice. My team is not second choice. If I still have a spot open for you, okay. At the end of tryouts, okay. But I'm not going to save it. And he was really mad when we had tryouts, and I didn't call his name out when we were dividing teams up and kind of refining our choices and whatnot. And I didn't really care. Um... One of my team captains called me up and said, I really think we should, uh, um, let's just call him um, Mike. I really think we should take Mike uh, back on the team. Why is that? I just, uh, I, you know, I think he's a really good player. You know, everyone likes him. He's a good guy. I'm like, that is the problem. What's the problem? He's a good guy. And you all like him. And my team captain said, I don't follow, coach. And I said, who is the first player to start joking around and ruining the focus and intensity at practice? Mike. Mike, who is the first player when we go into our final part of our session when we're doing a small side game or a scrimmage Who's the first player to start dribbling all over the place for no purpose and ruining the session? Mike. And what happens because he's so likable? We all kind of follow his lead. Yeah, he's influential. He's not a jerk. He's a nice guy. And you guys like him, so you think it's funny or it's cool, and you start doing it. And then there goes our freaking training session. So, nice guy, great player, but we're better without him. Great guy, but we're better without him. Once we started training af after tryouts were done, my captain came up, came up to me and uh, it was about a week later and said, so true, coach. The training is so much more intense. So, you have to understand how they influence others. You have to understand how 
they could ruin that culture, right? Because we're talking about setting a culture. So I realized that it was this was an opportunity to reset the culture on my team, eliminate players that weren't toxic as in rude or disrespectful in a way, but they just joked around too much, right? And now there's a better culture, better atmosphere on the team because everyone is focused. You know, just just kind of going on on with kind of that same story, uh, just a little bit different perspective. And the reason, like I, like I said, you know, the reason why um, I came up about this is because you know, last night, for example, I uh, I was playing soccer. Right, I went to go play. You know, I live in the town that I went to college still. Um, and this one guy touched the nerve. Right, he. You know, everybody at my former college, you know, they, they understand it's a small community. They all know, you know, it, it, the soccer community is very, very close, you know, very, very tight. So everybody knows that I coach, I spend time, you know, I was taking 12 to, you know, especially 12, like 12 credits, doing my lead D license course while at the same time coaching at a club level and at a high school level, um, you know, because I love the game that much. I've, I've, I've learned to grow to enjoy the game. And the craft that we do as coaches, you know, immensely. Um, and in the words of Bielsa, it's 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 starting to become, at least for me, it's starting to become an obsession, you know, almost like an addiction. Uh, and we were talking about this earlier, um, about certain things. And, and I can leave certain addictions behind. But then if you tell me, like, leave coaching and, and caffeine, for example, I'll be like, hmm, no. I don't think I can do that. And so this one guy goes up to me and he tells me, um, I don't remember what it went, but he he said a side comment about, well, are you like worried about the losing record? And I turned around to him and I told him, I'm not going to fully blow his name, his name out there. Um, but he's Manchester United fan, swears he knows about everything in the book um, when it comes to soccer. He swears, you know, this guy swears to me. Like, to, to, to tell you the odyssey of this guy. Um, one time when I was coaching uh, a, go a goalkeeper coach, uh, you know, goalie from from the high school that I used to be at, he goes and he tells me, he's like, why are you reading a book about goalie? All you have to do is about, you know, just work on their reflexes. And in my mind, I was like, dude, I don't know anything about goalkeeping, but there's more to just reacting when it comes to goalkeeping. You know, goalkeeping is not like basketball, you know, where you can train yourself how to shoot in different situations. In soccer, you can't do that, you know. In soccer, you can't just say, you know what, I'm going to walk around with the, for example, with the, with the cannon. And I'm just going to have these balls being blasted to my goalkeeper for an hour and a half. It's not like that. It's not like, for example, in basketball, when you're a short point guard, um, you know, coaches usually walk around with the, you know, with the broomstick, makes them about twelve feet tall, and you got to try to arch it over them. You can't do the same thing in basket in soccer. You can do it in basketball, but you can't do it in soccer. So he goes to me. He tells me some side comment about, you know, my losing record, and I turned around and I told him, "We're gonna call this guy." Giggs, just because he's a United fan. And I go to him, I'm like, look, Giggs, you wouldn't be able to do what I did. 
That's number one. And number two, you will be the type of player or the type of coach that will run away from a situation when things, and pardon my French, shit hits the fan. You wouldn't be able to stand with that. And for me, for example, and you know, you've heard some of the conversations I've lately had with my com- with, with with some of my players. Um, you know, I went from having a goalkeeper that wants to play on the field to saying, "Hey, you know what, coach? I should you should put me as a center back so we can let um, Antonio play as a right back or a left back." You know, so little by little, you know, after taking certain extreme measures. My players are starting to understand, oh, when we wear uniforms, when we wear um, our, you know, when we go to show up to practice, we're not just representing ourselves, but we're also representing the club team. And so it took them a while to, for them to understand that. And, and I think this is why it's important that people understand the logistics that go into coaching. Um, people think that well, when you're a coach, it's just about, you know, X's and L's. That's why when it came to, Jordan Klopp, I really like what he said. It's, you know, teaching them things that are going to last them a lifetime. Um, you know, I think for my players, for example, it took it a little bit longer for them to to, to get that message through. Um, you know, lately it's, it's, it's starting to look like it's going to go good, but it's going to, we just got to see what's going to happen in the long run. You know, the reason why I also talk about this is because, for example, you know, some of the conversations you've had with your with your college players, right? Um, there was one recently. I'm not going to say who it was or where they're from. And the player says, like, well, I'm here in Tucson, coach. He's like, okay, let's, let's set something up and I can give you a tour. You know, it, it goes to show the difference of mentality. When people say, when, when we see in the news that a certain coach got sacked or certain things happened, you know, like you got to think about it. It's like what led to those things being happened? You know, or it's like what what's kind of going on that that those things were you know were going through. It's it's I, I sometimes feel like it's important to understand the psychological standpoint of the player um, because if you don't, then when shit hits a fan, it's gonna be too late for you to go back and fix it. You know, um, it's kind of like going. I always tell my players. I love telling my players. You know, and you, you can probably feed into this because. You're the one that gave me the... I will mostly watch the last dance because I enjoy the intensity that Michael Jordan brings in. I enjoy the fact that he's always saying, next man up, next man up, right? I enjoy that 100%. But when when you brought it up to, the, you know, to... We're, we'll call this certain player on a conversation you had. You actually had this with him. And I saw that change of attitude with him. Um, and we're going to... We're going to call this guy, um, we'll, we'll call him Eddie, you know? And, and you had this conversation with Eddie, and you told him, hey, you know, Michael Jordan's last dance, it's all about mentality. It's all about mentality, you know? It's a, it's about saying, next man up, next man up. And and I think that's important that as, as coaches, we establish that. Because if not, then players get too comfortable, you know? And so, um, you know, and, and, and I think when people look at coaching, people don't, people forget that one aspect of the game. You know, when, when for example, we see coaches get sacked, 
you know is it or, or did that coach find things to build that relationship with those players or was he just too focused on winning you know um we've we've, we've even had this conversation you know a bunch of episodes behind with Nick Garrett and getting players bought into the philosophy and into the play style. Um, and so, you know, those, those are some of the things that, that recently, you know, from hearing you talk to your players and, you know, kind of listening to other people make side comments about what have happened with my team and with what's kind of going on with my team and to say, hey, you know what, like, let's find ways to turn things around. And, and once you find that trust, I think it's important that coaches find that trust in the player to be able to do those certain things, um, to kind of get them to respond. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe there's certain things, certain takeaways that you might, you might think I might be missing, but what are, what are your thoughts on making players continuously buy into the culture? Uh, I, I mean, it has to it has to happen, right? Because especially because you need to get new players every year because it keeps it fresh, keeps the players on their toes. They get competition, right? Um, I have one kid uh, who goes to high school with a kid we just added onto the team, and. My team runs a lot, and I'm not saying we run a lot like we go and we do fitness at the end of practice or something. It's just every single little game we do or rondos, any part of the session, we have a punishment if you lose. You know, you're on the line, you do a few sprints, okay, get a drink of water. And then the guys, they know, like, it is all out. Like, they run hard at one another they go in hard for tackles um it's kind of like the last dance where uh jordan said that they would go into the nba finals and be prepared because big deal they just played the best team in the league themselves at training two days ago big deal so same thing we want to be the best team we want to be competing against ourselves and make ourselves the hardest team to play against and uh, the new kid was talking to one of my returners and they were at a high school soccer like summer camp and he was like, wait, are you telling me that our fitness with Coach Zach is harder than this? And the returner said, mm, the fitness itself is probably about the same. but." He integrates it into an actual session, so yeah, it's going to be harder. And the new kid is like, jeez, you guys just freaking work. Gosh. But if the returner doesn't support the vision or the culture anymore, then he's not supporting it, right? He, he kind of – he – he talks about our culture with pride. He doesn't talk about it like, oh, this sucks. He talks about it like, yeah, we outwork everyone. We are freaking machines. 
And so he takes pride in saying that we work really hard. And if you take pride in it, then you're willing to do it a lot easier and understand the benefits of it. So, yeah, it, that's important that the players have pride in the culture and what you're doing and they understand why we do certain things or why we have a certain standard. That's something that people don't do a lot, right? They don't explain why they do certain things or why you have a certain standard. And so um, once they understand it and they agree with it, it they usually stay bought in, right? So I think that's what's important, the most important part about players buying in, staying bought in the whole time uh, in a team. You know, talking about staying bought in, um, I kind of want to talk about this one specific player. And it's funny because, like, as we're recording this, you know, my team is kind of like blowing up the phone on, on our on our, you know, on our group chat, you know, we have a, I have a parent group chat, I have a player group chat, and I'm part of both of them, and all my boys, you know, one of my boys goes and, you know, says, hey, so, so, sidetrack on this player, so he's, he was a goalkeeper, because of our season, I, I understand why he didn't want to play goalie. And I'm going to give a shout out to my team because some of them, they actually do listen to our podcast and they think it's it's good stuff. And this player goes up to me and says, Coach, well, if I'm going to play for you this season, I don't want to play goalie. I want to I want to be a field player. And we were talking about certain things. You're you hearing this conversation. Um, I told him, well, I'm going to need someone to play center back with, with Tony. And he says, well, I can play center back. I could try to get so-and-so to come back. And, um, and then we can put Tony on the outside because, you know, the, the tenacity and and the enthusiasm that Tony has will be will be best for us if we put him on the out wide versus having him just be in the middle and and I was like okay cool and you know he's the one he we had this conversation with him and I said hey look like I need you to be bought in this is how it's going to be ran this is what I want to do this is what I want to change and I start going with him on details and and it's funny because now he's the one that's messaging the group chat and saying, hey, guys, we need to go out there and we need to find players for our team. Because to be honest with you guys, and he's the one that's messaging the group chat right now and saying, hey, so-and-so doesn't want to come back, so let's not waste our time on having him try to come back. Um, you know, my club team wanted to cut this team. And, you know, me and certain other coaches were like, no, we kind of got to pick up our pace if we want to compete, you know, are against certain other teams here in our region. And so I think it's – I personally have liked the change in attitude that I've seen little by little with my players. Um, and kind of going back, I keep telling my players, you guys need to start learning to have that mentality in your, in your mindset. You know, for example, I have players that, you know, I think one time my players saw me were scrimmaging and – um, a certain player comes and like, take me out, coach. You know, I'm sick of it. Like, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to tell people where to be and all this stuff. And I said, and I, and I started coming out at him. And I told him, this is the reason, this is the attitude of why we had the team that we had last season. That exactly right there. You need to start learning. And instead of saying, take me out because my team is not doing what they're doing, how about you get back in there? 
and you start fighting for every possession and you start doing what you can control and let everything else fall into place. And then that's when that attitude kind of started changing around. And I, and I really do like that. I really do hope my players kind of keep that momentum going. You know, I did encourage them that they should watch the last dance because I think it's important. And it doesn't matter what sport you play. It doesn't matter, you know, um, what sport you play. Like, you need to go out there and have that mentality of, like, I'm the best player on my team. And because I'm the best player on my team, I know I'm the best option to put my team in a winning situation. You know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to practice extra with on my own to make sure that these things, that I can put my team the be in the best situation to be. And so I think it's important that that culture also starts from the coach, you know. Um, they do say that the coach is, you know, the coach's philosophy and mentality is a reflection on the team. And so I think it's, I think it's cool that, you know, people don't understand that. And many of these people that always, you know, tell me things is because kind of going back to what Tim Grover says in his book, um, Relentless, that there's three kinds of people. There's the coolers. There's the cleaners, and then there's the closers, right? And, you know, you and I, we can say we're, we're cleaners because, you know, for example, you, despite you and I having different situations, we don't, we don't give up. We keep, we keep going and we keep trying to find ways to make our craft better. Then you have, um, you know, for example, Dennis Rodman was kind of in a situation, in a way, a closer. Right. But sometimes you can make the argument that maybe he is a cleaner because he didn't care if he had to go to Vegas for 48 hours and come back. But he brought back his A game, you know, like he can turn it on real quick. Um, but I would say that's more of a of a closer because you're telling him, OK, on specific situations, you need to turn it on. And, um, and then there's the coolers that are just like, you know, they're just your average typical players, you know, the players that come off the bench, players that's. They're just there to support the team. They don't do, they don't hurt you, but they don't help you either. They're just an extra player. Um, and and the reason why I, I I wanted really to talk about this is because, you know, like I mentioned, you know, when I heard this guy make that side comment, it's like, oh, or, you know, uh, the side comment about like my really rough season with my boys. No, I'm like you. You don't know. You weren't part of it. You know, you have certain things happening in your life and you're going to give up coaching. That's fine on you. You know, for me, coaching will always be part of my life. And, like, there's nothing that can draw me away out of it. Um, and so I think it's important that as people, we need to define ourselves. Which kind of person are we? You know, and especially as players, you need, I think, instead of telling your players, hey, you need to be a closer or, or you need to be a cleaner, you need to start telling your players, this is what you need to decide. Which kind of player do you want to be? You know, because once you start making them, letting them have that decision, and then they see you as a coach to say, oh, frick, my coach is putting the extra work. My coach is being a cleaner. That means I need to also be the same thing as well. And so, you know, honestly, people like, I know two weeks ago we talked about the World Cup, but I think this is a very important topic because you know, we, we, I even see this, see this too, that sometimes parents say, well, my player's not being, you know, pushed hard enough. And that's fine. 
but you gotta let, you gotta learn when and where you're gonna start being hard and how hard you're gonna push them. You know, um, but the, and then there's a moment. There's always a teaching moment that people always forget, and it's important that players understand the difference between a cooler, a cleaner, and a closer. Players need to understand. You know, like I always tell my players. Um, there's the Allen Iversons in the in, in in life, and then there's the Michael Jordans in life. You pick which one you want to be, you know. Yep. And so, I don't know if you want to continue, if you want to add a little bit more onto that, but that's how I feel about it. You know, you got to let the player. They, once you make the message clear, you tell them. You decide which one you want to be. No, I, no, I, you said it well enough. I don't have anything more to add on that. But yeah, guys, um, I know this is a little shorter episode. You know, this is your host, Freddie Rojas, um, alongside with our co-host, Zach Conf. Guys, please don't forget to message us and tell us who you guys think is going to be the winner of this upcoming World Cup. We still, I've heard some interesting responses um uh we'll probably aim for next season for next episode to do that i just wanted to touch up on this because i think it's important that people understand some of the struggles not just the struggles but some of the things that we have to do as coaches am i the, am i the best person if if there's anything i want to say this you know um is that my current team or my team from last season the one lesson they did teach me is that I still lack player management. That is an area that I still need to control and still need to work continuously work on. But I wanted to touch upon this because if you're going to be someone out there and you're just going to be running your mouth and saying, oh, well, this guy has a losing record or this guy this or this guy that, how about you put, you put yourself in those situations first and then come talk to me? And so... Um, but I wanted to show kind of, you know, I've been seeing that whole thing on TikTok like, oh, like this is what it looks like on a day in, in my shoes. Well, this is what it looks like in a day of a coach's shoes. You know, uh, we don't just have to deal with training sessions, but we have to deal with the player's mentality um, and, and and showing them what it's going to look like. Um, but, yeah, go ahead. Remember, guys, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at 4P Soccer Podcast. Let us know who you guys think is going to win the World Cup. Um, after last episode, I did um, did go back and review certain things. And I'll tell you, I'm still uncertain about my decision when it comes to certain teams winning the World Cup. But um, don't forget to also follow us on our personal TikToks. Well, mine is FRojas2303. And then Zachomkampf is Guardiolista. 1089. Um, we always post things there. We talk. We like to talk, post certain ideas for training sessions. So we are f- your fanatics when it comes to positional play and finding best ways to develop our U.S. soccer here in the United States. Um, I am your host, Freddie Rojas, alongside with Zach Conf. Thank you, guys, and have a good night.